Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Thinker Girls pod channel. I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer. Yes, it is a pod channel, even though you <laughs> sounded a little bit unsure about it. Yeah, pods are like weird, aren't they? I mean, it's this is a podcast. We just shortened the word. But what do you think of when you think of the word pod? I think of, um, I don't know, like office. Po- do you know? I think of beans. Like I think of a coffee pod. Like I'm conjuring up like peas in a pod. You truly have never worked in a corporate environment, have you? No, I did. I told uh, for when, when I sold life insurance. Yeah, but for like a year, barely. Not that. even. Yes. Yeah, so and that, I would cry at my desk all the time. So you were in a pod then. That's a pod. I was in a pod. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, in those stupid demountable, you know, in those things yeah. where you have the weird um. It sucks your soul. Yeah, yeah, you have those weird separators, and I was just—that's what I—that's what <laughs> you I would were do. In a separator. Most of the time, I was just like printing out pictures that I could stick to my separating wall. This is the uh, the channel that you can listen to all different episodes, dropping about four times a week. And today is an interview chat, which is really um, quite a fitting thing to platform off with shit jobs because. We have the one and only Apollo. Yeah, from Batches. You, I don't know, may or may not know him. From, are, are you knowing Apollo from anything other than Batches? No. Well, he's got music coming out, which we definitely will we speak about on this interview. But, I mean, if you're f- initially finding out about him, it's probably from the Batches shows. It is from the Batches yeah. shows. You're not – I'm sorry, Apollo, but you're not – I haven't heard of your single before. Actually, he may not have even released a single before this. I don't mm. think he did before mm. he was on The Bachelor. Mm. Um, but he's been doing music for a long time, whether and or not other people had publicly heard it or not. Being an entertainer for a long time. Very long time. A really – which oh, I just – I'm a massive fan of Batchy shows, as you'll find out in this podcast, and I speak about that a lot. You not so much, but – it's just, it's so interesting the way these shows give you such a small percentage of somebody's personality, who they are, their backstory, that it's so nice. I don't know, even I, as somebody that knows, like from watching those shows, kind of got a bit of a gauge or a bit of an idea as to who he was. I was still really pleasantly surprised. We, the idea that you have of Apollo on those shows, we blew up. Essentially, he tells us about some proper, remarkable, spiritual um, kind of almost awakenings he had in his real life. He speaks about having a heart attack so young. He speaks about the shitty jobs he's had for basically the majority of his life to to, to support him performing. It is, and then also what he's looking for when it comes to love, mm. and how he's going to go and pursue that and find his relationship with his mum. Like we covered everything, but I think you can have all those topics. You can have the right questions, but if someone's not willing to properly share and have the freaking story to give, it's not going to be as insightful as this was. He has substance, this yeah. bloke, and and as much as sometimes he looked like. Not a giggler that was kind of Sophie Monk's little toy boy at times that everybody fell in love with. He shows us on this show, if he hasn't shown you at some form already, that he 
and I think she detected this and I said this to him in the interview, he has such uh, complexities and he's just such a depth. real wise soul. Yeah, yeah. For, a, for a young guy, he, he's really lived a life yeah, and he, experienced a lot. So he, he speaks very highly of her too. So that that's really nice to hear as well, I think. No doubt you will enjoy this chat. Um, if you like it, rate and review it, share it with a mate. You can follow Apollo on Insta, Apollo Jackson Official, uh, or check out ApolloJackson.com to stay tuned about his um, music too. Yeah, his latest single with you is on iTunes and he is touring around the country. So make sure you check it out. Hope you enjoy the chat. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel, Apollo Jackson. I feel like I'm getting a round of applause. Oh, babes, we never I give never... anybody round of applauses ever. Really? Why are we filming overwhelmed to clap in I this guy? I think it's because it's one of the first blokes we've ever had in six years of doing Ooh. this channel. I, wow. Whoa. I, I feel quite honoured. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> do you really? Are you taking the pit? Like, do you actually feel I'm on it? No, I do. Yeah. I do. That's, that's uh, yeah, one in six years. That's, that's pretty, pretty good statistics. Well, Guy Sebastian was a few weeks before. Two two in in six years, babes. (laughs) Don't go getting too ahead of yourself. And there was that time that Lane Beachley's partner um, from uh, In Excess was in the background. Kurt, He was in the background of a podcast. So technically... Three. Yeah. Three. Okay. You're making me feel worse and worse. Let's just, we'll keep it at that. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. That's that's not what it's, our job is no, to no, make no. you feel good That's true. Yourself. We apologise. No, third still gets a ribbon. It's funny though, Apollo, I I did watch the season you were on because the Sophie Monk season was so big and I really like Sophie. Christy's a massive Bachelor love, love. fan, but I'm not so much. So we have people on here and there, but I've got to say, we will only really have um, anyone from that franchise that either of us have genuinely felt some interest in talking to because there are, as in you know, media, we are thrown a lot of, there's a lot of you that kind of come on and off the show. There is and a, yeah, there's a few reality people yeah, here and there. <laughs> yeah, but you, we were both really big fans of yours mm. the whole way through the season. Oh, thank you. I think, um, Just... hey, mum, mum. Yeah, they were big fans of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your mum is a very key. She just called me a loser. Very key part of. Did she actually? No, she did. She's not even here. (laughs) I'm joking. I was gonna say. I fell for it because I just I you you seem like the type of person. What I got from you from the shows that your mum would be in the background calling you a loser, which I kind of like. Oh, so so we got this great friendship where uh, it's it's almost like having a best mate, and um, she's just there for me through everything. You know, if I want to do something, she's supporting me. We were shooting the music video on the weekend and I was super busy and she's like, oh, that's that's it. I'm, I'm going to be casting director. I'm like, do, do you know what a casting director does, mum? She's like, I'll find out. She organised all the extras. She organised the makeup artist. All, she just went, Bruh. and um, yeah, and we got this great relationship where we do sort of just take the mickey out of each other as well. So, love, Look, I, love don't, I don't want to go too deep and too dark because that's a beautiful, that's lovely uh, that you have that kind of relationship with your mum, which I think... I don't know. That kind of comes through when you meet dudes. I've been dating a fair bit. So if there's a particular type of guy, um, I kind of go, oh, I bet he's got sisters or I bet he's close with Mm. his mum, which is Mm. a really lovely thing. But like, do do you, has navigating that line of that friendship slash mother-son relationship ever been a bit blurred? Because I know looking back from high school, for instance, there were girls that had the cool mums, right? Mm. And they were allowed to drink when they were super young and, you know, didn't have curfews. And I remember being younger thinking, fuck, that would be the best ever. Like to be able to have that more of a friendship than a mother-daughter relationship. But I look back now on, on some of those relationships and I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know that that was completely healthy so were there yeah. are there sometimes where you go I don't know whether I'm talking a mum or a mate here okay um 
I'm uh, I'm now 25 and I am still completely shit scared of my mum. So uh, she's very good at drawing the line. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so she's, she's definitely there as a parent first. As as a parent first, but she does give really good advice, and I think because she's a bit she's out there, she's a bit weird like I am. Um, we just relate. So when she gives me advice, I actually listen to it now. Back to the point where Christy was saying how as a chick and been on many dates, met different guys over the years, you really do you do really do get a gauge of who who are the men that have strong female influences mm. in the in their lives or at least have a good relationship with women, whether it's sisters or a mother. Mm. Are you able to pick that in other men the way girls can seem to pick it? Yeah, 100%. I think um there's there's just a, a a different I wouldn't say a different level of respect, but I'd just say maybe a different level of awareness um, and a little a different level of say courtesy uh, when it comes to people that have grown up say in families with a lot of women or you know they've been around women a lot. Uh, just the way they they interact and and you know they you can definitely pick it up. Could yeah. you tell with, with, did, mm. some of the differences with the boys on the show, the way they tra- mm. treated Sophie or the way they spoke about her behind the scenes? Could you tell that these these guys have good relationships with their mum or women and, and these guys probably not so much? Oh, that's that's the biggest telltale sign massively. You know, if um if I catch up, if, if a guy's been on a date or something the night before and we're in a group of friends or something sitting down and, uh, you know, the first thing he says, oh, mate, you should... Sh- should have seen the cans and the dress she was wearing. Oh, should have seen yeah. the chassis on it. Oh. And then, you know, you've got another guy that's like, man, she's just such a such a cool chick. She's so deep. She's so beautiful. And we just had this wicked conversation. And then you're like, okay. So it's it's that's probably the, the easiest way. Um, well, it's true, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's so clear because they're, yeah. they're probably, well, guys are so much more transparent in front of guys. And I'm sure that's the same for chicks, you know, with chicks. But it is interesting because I... I don't know. I very rarely do I hear the first option for women talk about men. I've never, I've never really had many of my friends come back and go, "Wow, his dick was the perfect size," or <laughs> yeah. "Oh, wow, you know, like it nah. was." I mean, it's pr- probably because it never is. Say it's a good, uh... it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he was saying, you know, I guess people do say that's good. You know, he had a good body or that, and I suppose that does fall in the same category. I, we don't mm. want to have double standards mm. here, mm. but it is interesting because I think. Um, it's where somebody sees someone as a as a body, yeah. and someone mm, sees somebody as a personality. Person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think like I've got this amazing group of women in my family, and um, I've just you know the way my old man's brought me up as well is just super old school, super you know respectful. So um, definitely the way that people talk about women, whether it's you know someone they met, um, someone at work, you know a wife, or, you know a potential girlfriend. Um, you can definitely tell if they've had that that female influence in their life or not by how they talk about it, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. I also wanted to speak to the flip side of that, this pack mentality, which I would imagine not just on a show like, you know, Batchy, like you're on, but any kind of group of dudes that gets together, there's this kind of, you know, like pack animal mentality, who's the kind of pack leader. And we it was interesting when we um, were, were hosting an event for Cosmo, the Batchy of the Year Awards a few months ago, right? Mm. And 
It was really interesting to see the way certain dudes that we chatted to, ex-contestants from the show, were before there was this whole pack all the boys are here vibe when there was just solo on their own versus the way they kind of changed when they when they felt comfy and their posse was there. And it's like they were completely different people. What was it like being on a show like that where there's so much masculine energy, you're living with these dudes that are strangers in a house together and there's pressure and cameras and everyone's trying to impress each other as well as, you know, the show, I suppose. Like, was that ever overwhelming sometimes? Because you don't strike me as a dude that's kind of like saying shit to the to the pack of guys to impress them. No, I think in my life there's been two real pivotal moments um, that have just sort of made me own the weird, strange character that is myself. Um, and one of those was when I had my heart attack and I was in critical care for two weeks. Um, I sort of came out of that and I was just like, I sort of just dropped all the shit. I'm like, oh my God, like, what, what is this? You know, when, why, why are you pretend to be someone else when you're around other people? Why do you have to think that you have to act or talk a certain way or like a certain thing to impress people or to fit in? Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, you've just got to be you because that's what makes you unique. And the second time was actually when I, when I came in that house, cause I, I knew I was, you know, the youngest with, with Harry, he was the same age. And there was, um, you know, a lot of these, these good looking dudes, a lot older. Um, and it's, it's quite easy to just sort of wrap in and feel like you have to act a certain way to fit in or, or that. And, um, you know, I, I just, I went, you know, instead of trying to, to hog the space and be stage center and try and be the one that I think everyone wants to like, I was like, I'm just going to be myself and own it. You know, if I'm, not in all the conversations because it's not something I'd talk about or if, you know, people are talking about other people a certain way and I don't get involved because that's not me, you know, I'm just going to be sort of true to myself. So I think, um, yeah, coming from my sort of end, that's it. But I, at the same time, I was a unique individual growing up too. Like I was a, a little bit of a loner um, at school. I didn't really fit into a particular group um, and I've just sort of kind of learned to gradually own that over the years. Like I had a moment where I was trying to fit in and stuff, but um, try to be a certain way, but it doesn't really work. No, it doesn't work. And it's, it's, it actually, it's hard suppressing the real you and yeah, it fights against your grain, doesn't mm. it? It massively does. And it's exhausting yeah. trying to be someone else. So, yeah, um, it is. I, I, it's I, been I, a big, it's been a big, um, focus on our show this year. Actually. It has really totally, naturally yeah. with mm. the people that were spoken to, which is just about owning your bit, you know, and, and it, I don't know, maybe, it, you know, when you just seem to attract the, the right videos or the big inspirational things that are coming your way, like, yeah. I feel like that's really been a big focus for me this year. It's just everywhere I look, it's like, you know, because you know you're different, but then it's a, a, a point, everybody's different. Like, it's not like you're different to everyone. Everyone no. just is different. I yeah. think that's a thing that I got in my head this year was that it isn't that I'm different to everybody else. Everybody is just different. Mm. So you're not missing out on being, there is no pack. Everyone's just pretending that they've got one united front. They don't. They're all individual different, like different people trying to pretend that mm. there isn't one, but it, it's not the truth. Like everybody, and no one is born with the exact same DNA. No, and, and it's not. And I think, you know, the, the more that you hang around, um, I guess the entertainment scene and stuff as well. You know, you go to these events and uh, you, you sometimes can see these these masks that people put on when they're around certain people. Mm. Um, and 
What's that like for you seeing both sides? Because you see the, the, you know, the version of people when the cameras are there and when they're not there. Like, does that not frustrate you? But was that a weird experience at first where you're like, oh, hang on a second. This is, I haven't seen this side. It's just with, with different interactions with people that you can sometimes see. And I think you've, you guys have obviously always seen it as well. You might hang with a friend where it's one-on-one and then when you hang in a group, they're sort of completely different. It's so true. Mm. And um, I think that's, and I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. I think sometimes people just cope really differently. Mm, like yeah. people have different anxiety levels. I know in the entertainment industry, a lot of people, I know I am a bit of an introvert extrovert and I'm realizing that more and more that you, you do kind of have to sometimes put on a bit of a mask oh, yeah. to survive. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Apollo, before we skip away from it, I want to ask you about the heart attack and how how old you are and mm. and now looking back on that what like how you think that that all came about like can you tell us a bit about that time Man, that was that was legit like the craziest time of my life like it was um it, it, it's it's been a long struggle for me i think um on the path to the things that i want to do and um you know i'd always worked a bunch of different jobs and you know as, a, as an entertainer you know, it's never consistent. So, you know, you're, you're trying to work hours, but then you're trying to go to auditions at the same time. And, you know, you're trying to squeeze gigs in here, um, but you can't do it full time yet. But at the same time, if you have a full time job, it doesn't allow you to do that. Um, you're speaking it, to my soul right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, <laughs> we feel you. It's tricky. It's, it's yeah. super hard. And I, I, was, um, I was working in the mines at the time. I, I worked security for, oh, I think it was about six years. And, uh, you know, I was, I was just doing a bunch of stuff that I wasn't loving and I wasn't feeling fulfilled every day. And, um, I, you know, I was sort of lost in that moment too. I was starting to lose who I was because I was trying to fit in to who I thought I was going to be or who I had to be. Um, I lost my job in the mines, uh, lost basically all the money I'd saved. You know, I, I had a serious, serious girlfriend for three years and we'd, we'd split up and I was pretty down from that. And then my car had blown up. Um, and I was sort of embarrassed to, to tell anyone about that. So I sort of slept in it for a bit. And then I came back and I was like, all right, I need to pick myself up. And I, I just overstressed myself. How I long was, was that period, Apollo? Like what, how long would that time span have been? Like three that all, months, six? That all happened in three, yeah, within about three months. 
And um, yeah, right. yeah was, that's full on. It was a random guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I had like my phone was I was fifty grand in debt. I had debt collectors calling me off the hook. Um, I just felt like I had no one, and I was I was really lost. So yeah. I was working these big hours, um, not looking after myself, and I ended up just having this heart attack. And um, yeah, I got rushed into critical care, and then I had an tachycardia, so my heart rate was stuck between. 180 and 190 for a week and my kidneys had shut down so yeah so and and all the doctors were confused they didn't know what was going on um how old were you 22 yeah so i yeah i was in there and you know kidneys shut down the doctors had no idea what was going on um they were yeah they they did a bunch of blood tests they didn't believe i hadn't taken any drugs or anything so they did a drug test they come back and that confused them even more and um you know i i sort of had this this really dank moment where i sort of half accepted that I was going to die. And in my head, I went, if I was to die the person I am today, would I be happy with that? You know, is that me? Is that, you know, is that the real me that's, that's that, you know, everyone would be going to the funeral and celebrating or is, is this someone else? Is this someone that I don't want to be in? Um, you know, I was, in, I was in the critical care unit and there was this old guy next to me called Bill and no one had come to visit him. He was looking really down and he had a deck of cards at the end of his bed and I... I had noticed he was really into the Phantom, so he had a bunch of Phantom comic books. So, um, you know, I wiggled over to him and I, I said, oh, I'd love to play in a game of cards, but, you know, you wouldn't have much fun. And he looked up at me and I spewed a bunch of cards out of my mouth and then started talking to him about the Phantom. Oh. Um, what, doing a magic trick, is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and his eyes just lit up and they started, <laughs> you know, talking about the Phantom because um, I'm a massive nerd and, and that was something that I felt like I had to suppress for years. And it was just this moment, just looking at this guy and just seeing his eyes light up and, you know, I ended up, you know, writing and singing songs and, and it was in that one moment, I'm just like, oh my God, nothing else matters. Like I, what I love doing can, can give people this reaction, can make them feel good, can, you know, put a smile on people's faces. And, um, I, I just absolutely stripped, it just stripped me raw, just back to who I really am and what. I'm really about. So I came out there. I had a business. I, fought, you know, I folded the business, quit both my jobs, and I was like, "That's it. I'm, I'm living to entertain. I'm, you know, I'm living to create, share that with people." And so um, I started as a dancer when I was three years old, and uh, um, so tap jazz and ballet from when I was three. And I was, I was too young. I couldn't, couldn't even reach the bar at ballet. But um, Diane Talbot just saw that I really wanted to do it, and then I started singing, and um, I started doing magic, and. You know, my, my whole life, I, I'd really been into it. I just got so bullied back in primary school that I guess I sort of sort of really hid that from everyone for a while. You know, um, my best friend was a girl. Uh, I was constantly beaten up every day and called gay. Um, and then I, um, you know, I, 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 got to, I got to high school. Um, well, I, I changed, went to a different primary school, started to sort of be a bit more me and then went to went to some, some new high schools and that's when, you know, the music started coming out again, you know, I started, um, you know, started writing, started openly, you know, playing guitar a lot more. Um, I started, you know, getting around and doing magic. I started DJing at, you know, kids' birthday parties and stuff on the weekends and it was just something I think I, I'd always got pushed to the side because I think when you introduce yourself and you're an entertainer, um, it, I don't know, I just had this certain reaction that, you know, you, you can't be a successful entertainer. People sort of turn their nose up and go, well, what do you really do for work? Or, you know, oh, you can't make a living out of that. Or the way that, you know, you're going to be broke and you're going to be living in your car. And um, I'd had that stigma, I guess, my whole life. And even 
when I was dating girls and I'd meet their fathers, you know, they'd be like, oh, what do you, what, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, I want to be a, a singer and a magician. And, and they're like, well, what do you really want to do? Because you're, you know, you're not going to make a living out of that. You know, you, you can't, you won't be able to support a family off that. Like, so I think it was just this years of getting... It's constant searching for approval mm, as well. Like yeah. With, and it was tough. Yeah. Like it was, and it's not just on that, you know, I think there was a space of two years where I went to, would have gone to 60 different auditions, got rejected from all of them. You know, one telling yeah, me I'm too fat, hard. one telling me I'm too thin, um, you know, performing at gigs and not getting paid for eight months. And it's, um, yeah, it was, it was just, a, it was one of those things, I guess I was really not, not shy about, but I just felt like I was just constantly just punched in the face. Like <laughs> every time I'd try and make How movements. did you come back? Like, so you, you had the heart attack. You had literally a sign next to your, like on the next bed. Like there's mm. a sign of this guy saying, hey, I'm into stuff that you're into. Like, and it's literally in front of you. You could be laying, you could have still been laying in your bed and seen it. Like it's, I see that as such a gift and such a sign. But then where do you start from when you get out of hospital? How do you pay that 50 grand back? Like, how do you get yourself back on track? Because I think a lot of the time, especially in media, we hear these stories and they're so inspiring, but the question's never asked of what happened then. How'd you do it? How did you get back? Well, I, look, I came out and um, obviously had no money. So I created a fake identity. Um, I created a fake manager. Oh, yeah, we've been there. <laughs> Uh, what was the manager's worry. name, Apollo? Do you remember? Like the yeah, email address had, that you made we've up? Had a few, don't worry. I, I was, yeah. uh, Who was it? And was him. it a different persona? I was using him up to a year and a half ago. Uh, Steve Peterson. So, and Steve Peterson. Oh my God, American. Apollo. Standing ovation. Yeah, well, Standing very. Ovation. And I'm sure there's so many more of people like us that had to pull this this kind of rabbit out of the hat and I didn't even mean to do that analogy but it is and I don't think anyone admits it but I think it's also a really sad sad reality of this fucking industry where it's like you can't talk to the person that is the performer business what legitimizes you yeah Yeah. it used to really frustrate me and we have some great managers now which we're very grateful for and an absolute no bullshit approach but that was still a hard decision because it was like more of the decision to get managers. Well, was a bit, there was a lot of things going into that, but was a lot of it was because other people had mm. issues dealing with you as a per, like a, a form of talent, yeah. and then also talking about a business side. It blows my mind, which which is absolutely crazy. And the the hilarious. How do you get there if the, you don't have the business mm, sense? Like you're. It's fucked. like a catch twenty two. Yeah, but, and, and the hilarious thing was that. Um, th- these companies that I- I'd been messaging, you know, I'd put together briefs, I'd put together, you know, packages and stuff. Um, I'd call back and be like, oh, hey, it's uh, Steve Peterson here. And then, get bang, out! Smash a booking. <laughs> bang, and they would smash be into it. So I started, I started, I just started calling and I just, you know, I'd say like, um, look, I can arrange a time for you to talk to Apollo um, at the moment. <laughs> At the moment, he's uh, you know, he's he's just at the moment a call with his his other manager in the states. They're sorting this out. Da 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 da. Oh, and um, so I'm obsessed good. with the fact that you're owning this and talking about it because there's so much, so many people that wouldn't. And so I, many people are doing it mm, now. I, 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 I'm yeah, I, I'm being 100 percent honest about it. And then the same thing, I created a fake email for a, a lady called um, Annabelle who was my accountant. So Annabelle from accounts. So Steve would just tell them to forward through. 
you know, the, the payments to Annabelle and she'd sort it out. And again, that was just oh, me, so different good. email. I do more than ever think the fake it till you make it thing. I, I really do. Because I don't think it's just about an industry thing trying to present to them that you're bigger. I think you start to live and breathe something before it may have eventuated, which then oh, helps it eventuate. And, mm. and, it, and it's the passion. And I, I, I don't think people get when, you know, it's it's... For me, it's been since I was seven, you know, I've, I've had this dream being a performer and I've just been constantly smacked down, smacked down, smacked down, smacked down for, you know, 16 years and it, it's just made me hungrier and, mm. you know, cre- creating this, this fake manager for me um, and, and pushing forward with that and, and seeing that sort of thing work, you know, it's like I, I knew that I had the skills, you know, because I'd, I'd worked my, my ass off for you know, God, nearly 20 years to get these skills. I knew that I loved doing what I was doing, but, you know, I just needed someone to push me into the right opportunity so that people could, could you know, start seeing that. Could so see that. Somebody, yeah, Someone some, could see that. Somebody or something. It's interesting because, I don't know, I feel like we're in a, in a, um, a place where I can so relate to you, me personally anyway, Apollo, when you're talking about those real um, life experiences when you feel like, can I be stripped of any more things that I thought I was to then really bring you back to really asking yourself who you are and what it is that you want? I put, And I put this quote on Instagram the other day called, and it says, be thankful for the closed doors, detours and the roadblocks. They protect you from the paths and the places not meant for you. Do you feel like if it wasn't for the heart attack and if it wasn't for you hitting that rock bottom when you're 50K in debt, you're sleeping in your car, do you think that you would be doing what you're doing now had it not been for that place? Well, 100% no. 100% no. I think um, hard, hard times are there to put you on the right track or to test you and build you into the person that you need to be in order to achieve those certain things, you know. And... um. I think if I had to look back in my early 20s, if, you know, the same opportunities and the same things were coming up back then, there's no way I would have, you know, had the maturity to to step forward and, and do and do the things that I, I had to. And, um, you know, at, at the same time, I could have gone two ways. You know, I feel like I could have gone two ways with that. I could have just given up going, oh, it's too hard. Um, I You know, I, I could have gotten the party life and gone off and got swept up in, you know, girls and the and the parties and got distracted um so i 100 I, I owe it to obviously the universe has put me on the right track i'm so blessed there um but you know also my parents were i guess teaching me that you know if, if you want something and you work hard at it you know it, it's not going to come easy but if you're more determined and you're bigger than the problems that are put in front of you you can get there what one thing the bachelorette did show me was that i i really did want someone in my life and um I think what people don't get as well is it's I, I yeah I'm, you know I'm running around I'm doing all these all these things and you know performing and and uh, you know do, doing the things I love and traveling a lot but I'm always by myself doing it. Everybody would say that to me. Well, they'll just fit in with your life, and I was like, that's so fucking easy for you to say. Mm, that's like what right Mum now, says. it doesn't yeah. feel like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to just look at everyone and go, "Well, sh- that's you a, don't just get a it. dumb." Yeah, mm, that's a really mm. dumb thing to say because that's not. It doesn't help me. I don't feel like that's going to happen. But they were all right. They were all right. They were all right. When I met my man, he was like waiting 
eagerly. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't give a shit what time I came over. He was like, yeah, girl. I'd be like ringing him on the way home. Are you going to bed? He's like, no, nah, do you want to just come around? Like come around. Mm. It was just so the truth. It really was. So I feel like we constantly have to think we have to fit into this nine to five conformist view and then that means all of the things are going to align for ourselves but I think what's going to align for you is the fact that you do what you love Mm, and then that will bring the right person Mm. faux show can I tell you another story I know that I know that I've already said it's a show of stories Um, we love Apollo stories go for it so so basically um (laughs) it was my first trip to uh to Vegas coming up I've been saving a lot of money I was uh I was actually cleaning toilets to get myself over to Vegas so I was I started my own little cleaning business. I was doing bond cleans and, and bathroom cleans and stuff uh, just to get the money to get over there. Um, I was working at a friend's supplement shop part-time as well. And I was just doing everything I could to get the money I could to get over there to get some inspiration. And uh, I was working at this supplement store. And this is, a, this is no word of a lie. This Indian guy in a white robe walks in and I'm like, I don't think this guy's here for a protein bar. And he walks straight up to me. He says my name. And just starts spitballing stuff about me. And um, I'm sort of, I'm going, okay, this like is... Like what? What do you Yeah, what do you say? mean? He's like, he's like, oh, you've just been through three years of da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, you could have got, you've had really bad luck with this. Financially, you know, you've struggled for this, this and this. He's like, um, but I just want you to know you've, because you've stayed well to your character, that there's an opportunity coming up um, in three months time. Um, and it's going to change your life forever. And he's like, as long as you stay true to yourself and be a good person, you and your family will never have to worry about this, this, and this again. And um, da, 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 da. And he's like, I know you've struggled with love. And he goes, but in the next year and a half, the right person is just going to come into your life. And I was like, oh, cool. And then he just walked out. And um, I I thought- Is this legit? How did he know your name? This is, I don't know. This is 100% legit. And this is one of like, oh, maybe like eight weird omens in the last few years, right? And um, I, I in my head I'm like, oh my god, it's Vegas. I, I'm gonna get offered like a big job in Vegas. Yeah, it's so interesting how then we all start to so, get an idea of what we think things are mm, like. Yeah, and so I, I worked my butt off, and um, you know, got the money there, you know, and and I, I'd made a few connections over there. Uh, came back, and one of the connections didn't work out, and I was like, oh, maybe maybe that was it. And then I get this Instagram message, boom. Hey man, um, I'm such and such from Warner Brothers. Would you be interested in applying for the Bachelorette? And I, in my head, I went, No, no, you know this, no, nah, no. Nah. A friend of mine said, Look, you know, best case scenario, you meet someone. Worst case scenario, it's an amazing experience. That's and, fascinating. Yeah, wow. You've got so, someone that's right here looking out for you. It's that's bizarre. Oh. Very, very bizarre. With um, just before we wrap up with the Bachelorette, and so you've obviously you've gone on. It was very, very clear that you had genuine intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very obvious from the beginning. Um, but when you know you made it really, really far, was the moment that you were not given a rose the first moment you realised that she had fallen for someone else, or was it starting to? feel a little obvious a couple of weeks before or a couple episodes before you were like, okay, I don't know if this is going to keep, this is going to go the whole way. Uh, there was something about Stu, you know, when, um, when I first saw Stu and her, um, in my head, I just went like, I think, I think these guys would be a good match. And I'd, I'd just seen how they'd interact on, um, on group dates and that. And um, so yes, yeah, I, I sort of, in my head, I sort of knew a little bit. I sort of went, okay, you know, there's, I, I think, I think these guys have some real chemistry here so 
Um, yeah, I think I think it was before the uh, the rose, the not receiving of the rose. <laughs> how far along? Mm. How far before do you reckon? Oh, probably only about week and a half before. Yeah, okay. You would be quite intuitive, I would imagine, much more than some of the other blokes. Yeah, I sort of pay attention. I think I think a lot of the times when I wasn't in the uh, you know in the discussions, I'd just be sitting back with a pack of Tim Tams, just sort of observing. Oh, nice mention. Oh, there. yeah, good segue. Nice mention. in the industry, love. <laughs> For reals though, you are the we team. We were getting to you it. are the team Tam. Yeah, we were gonna give it a freaking plug. Yeah. Like, chill out over there. You are the team Tam genie, which I think is actually a very good match. Totally, because I'm all about people getting money where they need to get it yep. and putting their name to things. But I can see like, you as fit. this bloke. Like, it it's quite hilarious. Did the Indian man in the white robe tell you about that? He's like, you will be promoting a chocolate biscuit. Uh, your favorite chocolate <laughs> biscuit. Oh, no, we've got some in front didn't. of us actually. But it, no, it just came out of nowhere and it was nuts. It was like um, like such a like wicked iconic brand, and I I am legitimately obsessed with the biscuits. Well, who is yeah, Oscar. seriously. I mean, Kim Kardashian's all over them. But you can get involved. You can Shazam your pack of Tim Tams for clues. Is a hundred grand up for grabs. So mm. oh, as a comp for you getting involved, is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's three golden packets. Yeah. Three golden packets. Yeah, okay. Three wishes worth a hundred thousand dollars if you find them. I'll see what they've done there with the three packets. Three what wishes. Where did they get oh, the hundred thousand? Three hundred thousand from. Like, is that their company? I wonder if that's their company money that they're like... Who, Tim Tams? Yeah. That's just my personal money is the genie. I'm I'm giving it away. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? When people give away that much money, is it just an investment straight from the business? Like, I'm quite fascinated by that. Do you know, what what can a genie tell us? Any insight into... Is it Tim Tams cash-ish or what? I I can only just give away clues. uh, Really cryptic clues as to where they might be. That's, I believe that's but my seriously, role. Seriously, think about it. If like, like Carl and Jackie, I give away a hundred grand, and it's thanks to I don't know Aussie Home Loans. Hmm. Is that just coming straight out of their you know marketing budget or something? Well, it's in it's in conjunction with Shazam. So between Tim Tam and Shazam, I think they might have a few bucks between them to chuck up but somewhere. But it's interesting. Do you know hmm. what I mean? I don't think anyone's ever thought about it. You just see the brand and you see what you win. But where the fuck is that cash coming from? <laughs> no one's thinking that. They just want the money. Well, <laughs> well, I, I am. Biscuits. That's what I'm the delicious <laughs> chocolatey biscuits. Apollo, it's been so stunning to chat to you. Um, and you, uh, you, you, you are doing a lot of stuff with your music at the moment. You've released your first single, Addiction. You're promoting a second single. Mm. I actually never released coming Addiction. Out. Is it with? Oh, you didn't. Oh. No, no. So that that was. Um, How did we just up on the site, and then it sort of turned into a bit of Chinese whispers. <laughs> So, really? Yeah. So th- this is. Do um, people? De- is it on Spotify or some shit? Like, how are people listening to it? Just straight from your website, old school like MySpace. <laughs> no, it's it's not even up. Like, there's no. You know what I mean? There's there's the 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 recording is not even anywhere online. So it was that just. A, it was just the artwork. Yeah, it was maybe just the artwork was, just was up. The, I recall the Aviator Sunnies. Yes, yeah, we, I, oh I do no. love a bit of Aviator. Oh no, say, we, we have to, to be honest. We went to town on you about the Aviators. Yeah, because we were like, this guy seems radio show so we, legit, we and we had you, a and then- we had a violin playing in the background, and we were just like, oh no, he's released a single called Addiction with we're Aviators. Sh- we're shattered with Aviators. <laughs> No, yes, we were just look, we were taking the piss. Yeah, we oh, love yeah. you. It's fine. No, it's right. It's right. Um, yeah. So uh, it was, this is like my job. first commercially released single. So um, and there's yeah. no aviators in this you, one. Believe right? it or not. Am I getting that part right? Uh, with you, yes. Yeah, good. Very good. Is yeah. that when is when are you going to actually release this? Or are you uh, going 25th, to just put so the next artwork week. out and we're <laughs> next week? Oh, yes, Queen. Far yeah. Around. So the music video comes um, out at the same time, and I'm not wearing aviators in it. Oh, good. It was just a whole lot of cliche things at once, that's all. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the aviators in particular. 
don't go changing your sunny stuff. Because guess what? I have to wear aviators now because I'm not allowed to buy new sunnies and my boyfriend gave me the second pair. My head's just too big for any other type of sunglass. You should see me in a pair of Ray-Bans. It it looks like I'm wearing tanning goggles. You know those little tanning goggles (laughs) in the solarium? Yes, we do. That's the best. What an image. (laughs) Hey, Apollo, don't go anywhere because we need you for seven more seconds. Um, Sophie has sent us in an email. Let's wrap this shot first. Oh, yeah. Um, Apollo, will you hang around for a posse podcast? Basically, that is where our posse, our listeners, uh, have the chance to write in and ask us to have a bit of a DNM with you about an issue going on in their life. Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. That That sounds like a good time. Okay. Sweet. Apollo Jackson Official is where you can find him on Instagram and the website is apollojackson.com. Make sure you support this very, very just incredible gentle giant <laughs> that um, is doing some pretty amazing things and as you've heard on this show has really earned mm-hmm. his place. So, so nice get to get behind, to know you a bit more, Well, Apollo. get behind the music okay. now. I think yeah. that's what you really want to be known for and, and we're just massive supporters of that. So I think everybody listening should also back that up. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I think it, it's nice to be able to talk about the journey, not just, you know, what's happened. Because I think a lot of people just know me as, oh, this dude's just done a, you know, done a, a TV show. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a long road. So, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, oh, it's we're been, all about the journey. And That's it's the been, kind of girls we are. Well, it's been lovely to hear it. So yeah, thank you truly. for being so transparent about it. But we'll keep you um, sticking around and we'll, we'll do our Posse podcast tomorrow. So you'll be able to hear Apollo then. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. love this podcast but you want to chat about it more make sure you go to the thinker girls on facebook uh, that's obviously us and insta because that's where we're going to be continuing this convo with you posse yes we want to know what you think posse so every week we'll be breaking down our podcast content across social media so you have an opportunity to share your opinions plus we're on insta stories every damn day so you get to come along with us for this crazy tg ride yeah merce head to facebook instagram snapchat or even twitter to find us even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.